You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And this episode is very informative because my guest is Stacy Tuchel and she's best-selling author, speaker, the owner of multiple seven-figure businesses and the creator of the food traffic formula where she helps small business owners to get more customers in the door and set their business for success. So in this episode, we are discussing how to scale business when you're already working and underpaying yourself, common mistakes that prevents business owners from becoming successful, how to get started and monetize quickly, what types of businesses are going to succeed through the pandemic, scheduling tips on how to get the most out of your day, common mistakes of repurposing content, the best strategies to set your calendar, and how to start a new habit and keep it and so much more but before we dive in don't forget to subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts hi stacy how are you today hi i'm so good thanks for having me on oh thank you so much i'm so glad to have you on yeah this is gonna be so fun i'm super excited to do this today me too and of course you have such an amazing background and so many accomplishments and would you please tell us more about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Stacy Tushel, and I've been an entrepreneur already for over 18 years. I actually started right out of high school in my parents' backyard teaching dance classes. And within about three years, I had 100 kids coming to my parents' backyard. And um, as I was going to school at the same time, getting my degree, started to really ask myself, what is it that I want to do? What is my, you know, career going to be as I, you know, I'm about to graduate. And I decided to actually open up a performing arts academy. 
So that was back in 2005. So we've already had um, like we the, th- the first three years, I really didn't think it was going to be a business. I thought this was more like a hobby. It was going to be a passion for a few years while I was in school. And then all of a sudden I realized, wow, this, this really could be something. So now we've been doing this for quite a while. We have over a thousand dance and music students that come to us on a weekly basis. I probably have between like 40 and 50 employees um, every year and we gross over a million dollars a year. About five years ago, um, people started to naturally just ask, like, how are you doing this? And and can you coach me? And can you help me? And that's when I started to teach others how I was basically doing what I was doing and growing my business. So it's been so much fun. But the last five years or so, I've been running a program called Foot Traffic. I have a podcast and I teach other entrepreneurs how to grow and scale a business. Wow, you're so talented. You have so many things going on. Thank That's you. That's amazing. I like to yeah. keep busy. Me too. I always sometimes overwhelm myself with projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what has helped you to become successful? I think knowing that I really never had a plan B or thought, well, if this doesn't work, then I'll go get a job. Or if this doesn't work, then I'll, I, I never had that initial instinct or reaction. And I didn't realize at the time how detrimental, you know, that can be to have a plan B. Now, as a coach, I see a lot of people say, well, if my husband, you know, if I don't make any money by the end of the year, my husband says I have to get a job or If I don't start making money, I'm going to have to quit. I start to hear people saying these things. And I realize that the second you have another option, you don't have to work as hard or you don't have to be fully committed because at any moment you can back out and head to plan B. Yeah, I agree with you because then you just think in the back of your head that I have another option. So this option is okay. Yeah, I don't have to put all my energy into it. Absolutely. And you can give up just a little bit faster. And honestly, the giving up part, that's why so many businesses fail. They just think this is too hard. I'm not going to be able to do it. And they move on. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And you also have a successful book, The Implementation Code. Would you please tell us more about it? Yeah. So The Implementation Code was something that I recently wrote pre-pandemic, but now it's definitely more um, useful now with the pandemic because we're all just, you know, we have limited time. And when I was writing this book, the reason I wrote it was because people are always asking me, how are you getting so much done? Um, how are you able to cram so much into a day? And, and how does how do you have an idea and then the next day it's done? So the implementation code, I had this idea for a productivity book. And I realized that people are addicted or they get excited by the word productivity but productivity means to produce, right? We have to actually produce something at the end of our day to be productive. And we confuse productivity a lot of times with being busy. And I wanted to throw the word implementation in there because I think people understand, right? We need to be implementing. We need to be taking that massive action to really make a difference. So the book is really all about like how to get it all done and how to make it look like you're getting it all done when maybe you have help or maybe you aren't doing all the things that everybody else is doing, but you're doing the most important things that produce the most. I never thought about it, about productivity and busy word that they actually, you know, different. Usually when you're busy, you're productive, but what's the difference for you? So being busy, you can do a lot of stuff between eight to four. And at the end of the day, have not a lot to show for it. So when somebody is working for me from eight to four, or I'm putting in eight to four, I need to ask myself at the beginning, 
of my day. What is the intention? What am I going to get done today? So whether it's myself or my team, we all have an intention every day and we have an intention for the week. So I think last week alone, I have a team of, I have two teams because I have two businesses, but my one team, there are 12 of us. And we had, I think over 200 action items. These are not items that we do on a consistent basis. These are just for the week, we had 200 additional things we had to get done. And we had completed, I think like 94% of the 200 items. That is productivity. That is producing. But if you can say to yourself, well, I worked all last week and I'm not really sure what moved the needle or what I got done. That's when you have to start to ask yourself in question, am I busy or am I just, or am I should say, am I productive or am I just being busy? Oh, I see. Yeah, that's right. Because the end the result that's what shows the actual productivity. That's mm-hmm. true. And how do you scale business when you're already working and underpaying yourself? I think it's getting really good at taking things off of your plate and focusing on what is actually producing the results, right? So when I say to people, well, what is working? We're like, well, I'm not really sure. I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I don't really know what's actually working. And when I teach my clients in the foot traffic formula, the last piece of the formula is tracking and we track so we can gain that data. We can gain that information and we can start to see where our efforts are actually producing results and then just do more of that. So I always tell people, you've got to get really good at throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, but then you have to be even better at observing what stock and what didn't, and why did it stick, and why did it fall, and then do more of what's working and less of what isn't. But sometimes for beginners, you know, startups, companies, some of them who just started their businesses, they don't know actually what's working for them, what is not. How do you divide those actual, you know, duties and responsibilities so you actually know that you can outsource and get help? Yeah. Great question. So I would say start small and start with just a simple test. Sometimes uh, I always use this example. If if anybody listening has ever has little kids or has ever had little kids, when you are first giving your child solid foods, the doctor says only give one thing at a time. Why does he say that? Well, because if your daughter is allergic to strawberries and you give strawberries and blueberries in the same time and she has an allergic reaction, you don't know what gave it to her, right? So they say, start with one, test it for a few days, then go to the second one. Same thing with your business and your marketing. Start with one test. See if that's producing results. If something happens or if you get more likes on Instagram or more followers that week or whatever it is, you'll know it's from that result or that uh, that input. If you're just trying a million things and throwing spaghetti at the wall nonstop and something takes off, but you don't know what it is, you've wasted your time just like the mom who has to start over from scratch and try the strawberries and then try the blueberries and see which one her daughter's allergic to. Oh, I see. I'm glad how you explained everything. Yeah, that totally makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the most common mistake that prevents business owners from becoming successful? Hmm. That's a good one. I what what I would say they just have unrealistic expectations. So we talked about earlier, you know, they give up too soon. I think a lot of times they go into this thinking it should be easier. I I should be better, right? And here's the thing, you'll get better if you just stick to it, right? 
but then thinking it should be easier. No, this is just, this is how difficult or how hard it is, but you have to ask yourself, like, how bad do you want it? Right. And again, when people quit and they give up, they just didn't want it bad enough. Right. They didn't want it bad enough to figure out how to get those resources, how to make more money, how to get the cash flow, how to fill in the blank. Right. Um, I love the quote. It might be from Tony Robbins who talks about, you know, it's not about the resources you have. It's about how resourceful you are. And hands down, I've coached enough people to know that it really doesn't matter how much money they bring to the table or what expertise they bring to the table. It's about how resourceful you are. Yeah. I love Tony Robbins. I, he's like my inspiration Mm -hmm. and I know what you mean. Like, of course, you can have all the money in the world, but you will yeah. not know what to do with it. Or you can have nothing and you will make a lot from it. Right. Well, and you can spend a lot of money and not get a return on that money. So yeah. having money is not always, oh, lucky them. They might be blowing tens of thousands of dollars because they don't know if Facebook ads are working. They don't know if they should be getting better results or not. Yeah, that's so true. Would you please tell us more about the content machine? Yeah, so the content machine is something that typically I should say the way that I teach is I just do, I I take action. And then usually somebody will say, okay, how are you doing this? Or what does this look like? And that's kind of what sparks my products. So one of my products that I have is called the content machine. And what it is, is basically the way that we produce content. So when when I'm talking about content, it might be social media posts, it might be a podcast, a blog post, an email, a Facebook Live. Those are all pieces of content. And in today's world, you need to really be a content machine to get people to actually see and read your stuff. So if you have, you know, a thousand followers and You are just dying to get more, right? We always want more followers. We always want more customers, more revenue, right? It's in our DNA to want more as an entrepreneur. But if you're thinking, okay, I want more than just a thousand people to see it. The reality is only about 2% of your thousand followers are actually seeing it. So if you're not happy with a thousand, you're really not going to be happy with 20 people checking out what you posted today, right? So the more you can post valuable content, right? The more you can be in all of the places, the better chance you're going to have of somebody actually seeing it. Now, We don't have a million hours in the day to be producing content on every platform unique to that specific, you know, platform. But what we can do is come up with one amazing pillar piece of content and repurpose it on other platforms. So for me specifically, I have a podcast a week that I focus on and that 30 minute podcast gets repurposed into videos like they might grab and I say they because it's not me, it's somebody else helping me. But they might grab five different clips that are 30 seconds and a minute and a half and three minutes and five minutes and 15. They might grab those and repurpose them on different pieces of different platforms. But the best part is I only had to show up for 30 minutes. I only had to prepare one piece. But now they're able to repurpose it and give the content more shelf life because a lot of us were producing that that massive that Instagram post that took us, you know, 30 minutes to write. We put it out there and a fraction of the people are actually seeing it. So to kind of sum that up, um, the content machine is something that we do. Uh, I, I kind of coined this phrase like the bite-sized bundle. We sell this content machine in a little bundle package where it's it's kind of like 
uh, how do I say this? A freebie on steroids. It's only $27, but it is jam packed with content. And we do that because we want to show people how to really give value and set the tone for others that might be thinking, should I try this out? Should I not? Um, We want it to be a no brainer offer. And this content is mostly for businesses or for influencers as well. Yeah. So, so here, a great, great question. Whether you have a business, a personal brand, you're an influencer, it doesn't matter. You produce content, right? You need to be putting things on your Instagram. You need to be coming up with videos. If you're hesitant about video, you're thinking, I don't really know what I would do with video understand that video is not going anywhere. I think they say, you know, in the very near future, 80% of all content will be video. So definitely jump on the video train. If you haven't already, you've got to just start practicing to get good at it. Um, and, And just know that no matter who you are or what you are doing, if you're trying to take somebody from, you know, just finding you on social to purchasing something from you or purchasing something that you're promoting, right? Like an influencer would be maybe talking about a certain brand or product. You're still going to be building your own content machine. Oh, I see. And from someone who hasn't started videos yet, like where would they start as far as like just start by first video, introducing themselves. Yeah. So I would say one of the best places to get started is just go on Instagram stories and get comfortable on camera, right? It's more than just a picture. It's 15 seconds, but it's not so long that you have to think of what should I say next, right? You don't have to get stuck on live video, but start to do just short 15 second stories and start to get comfortable with that. Once you feel like you've got that down, um, and you can, and maybe you start to do a, a, a minute long Instagram story that then gets chopped up into those 15 second clips, right? When you start to do a minute video, a two minute video, you can start to then say to yourself, okay, I think I could jump on and talk for five minutes and start to bring, like go further, go deeper in what I would talk about for two minutes or one minute. So you can start to practice and again, start small and then just keep scaling from there. Yeah. It's kind of easy enough to start with stories. I think mm-hmm. it's a great approach. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I will tell you one tip for going live. If you really want to start using live video is if you open up a Facebook group, you just need to have one other person in a group to have a group. It's not a group with just one person. So you need to, but invite a friend and just say, Hey, or, or, you know, your sister, whoever, and just say, I'm practicing my videos. You don't need to watch them, but I need to invite you to the group and practice going live in a private group. If it's private, nobody, but the one person you invite will be able to see those. That is a great place to practice live video without feeling the pressure or feeling nervous, you can get good at it in there privately. Oh, that's very clever. I like this. Yeah. 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 How do you get started and monetize quickly? So I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're talking about the content machine, producing content. You need to produce valuable content, but there needs to be pieces that get people excited. Um, to go to the next step, right? They need to sample you just like you would go into Costco, Sam's Club and their samples. You try it, you you either want it or you don't, right? You either go to the next step and actually put it in your cart or you go to the next person, right? I want you to be thinking about what are you putting out there for people to sample you? Now, Costco, they give small, tiny samples, right? They're giving you a chip. And then if you like it, you grab the bag. What happens is in the world of content, people are giving the entire bag of chips and people are saying, I'm good. I don't really need anything else. Like you've given me everything that I need. 
You've got to be careful that you aren't giving all the bells and whistles in the free content where people don't need to try you out anymore and go to that next level with you. So I think that's the biggest thing is give them a taste, right? Give quality, really great free content like we talked about, Facebook Lives, Instagram Stories. But then if they want to go deeper or they want to continue this journey with you, let them know like where they should go next or what they should do. Always give a call to action. Oh, I see. It's like when you do in the post on Instagram, you have to have a question like, well, yes. you're supposed to inform, entertain and call to action. Absolutely. What types of businesses do you think are going to succeed through the pandemic? Yeah, I think I don't think it's so much like what types of businesses. I think it's what types of business owners. Who is that person? Like, what do we need to see from him or her? Right. So I don't think it's, oh, this specific type of influencer who talks about this product is going to do well or people in this niche or this business or this industry. I think there will be people from all different types of industries that do really well. And then somebody just like them will not make it. I think it's more about the person you are being in a pandemic, the person you are choosing to be, right? We get to be resourceful or we get to throw ourselves a pity party. We get to be agile and flexible and just adapt, or we get to cross our arms and say, this isn't working for me, or I can't make money like this, or people don't, they're not shopping right now. They're not buying, they're not spending money. That's not true, right? But for some people, they're making it true because they keep telling themselves over and over and over, it's just not possible. So I think it's more about like where your mindset is and do you believe it's possible? And and do you want to believe it's possible? Again, how bad do you want it? Yeah, I agree with you. If you want it bad enough, you make it work no matter what. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You'll figure it out. And the sooner you give up, the more you're just telling yourself, I guess I don't want it that bad. I mean, there are times when I question how bad do I want to save this brick and mortar when we're being shut down for two and a half months, right? And I got through this first round because I wanted it bad enough, right? But that changes the longer you're in it. That changes the harder it gets. And that's when you start to see other businesses and at shutting down or influencers that kind of stopped, you know, all, all of a sudden, a lot of the influencers in March, they just stopped posting on Instagram because they started to believe people aren't shopping. People aren't buying. This isn't going to work anymore. So you've got to be careful with that. Yeah, I agree with you. Mindset like makes huge difference. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any scheduling tips on how to get the most out of your day? So I would say really being intentional with how you set it up, having rules for the day. So we're recording this podcast uh, after 12 o'clock my time, afternoon, right? I have a rule. I don't report record podcasts in the morning. I use my morning times for team meetings. I use them to get my things done that need to get done on my plate that that I'm the only one that, you know, has my hands in. Um, I set up a structure and rhythms and routines. If you don't know what you typically do on a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday morning or every Friday, start to ask yourself what that could look like. So just to show you a few examples, um, one great routine that I love to do is I am constantly looking at our cash flow every single morning. Um, it's one of the first things that I do when I start my work day is I look at where did we end yesterday? How did we do, right? I already brought up Tony Robbins. And I think one of the things he brings up is what you measure increases. Well, I think all of us listening, right? We are looking to see our cash flow increase. We were looking to make more money today than we did yesterday. 
And if you aren't looking at your bank accounts, if you aren't looking to see what was sold, and even if you're thinking, but I didn't sell anything yesterday, (laughs) it's a great thing to still go back and say, wow, I didn't sell anything yesterday. What am I going to do today to make sure that that's not a repeat thing happening every single day? So just really making sure you've got to ask yourself, what are the most important things I need to be doing? And what would the ideal day look like? And how do I put that on paper? And then how do I set real boundaries to make sure that it doesn't go out of the boundary? Like, how do I set up rules to make sure that that doesn't happen? Wow. I love this answer. Yeah. Thank you. That's so true. Like you have to keep track of your results every day. So you know Mm -hmm. where you stand. Yeah. If you're, if you're like, I wish I got more podcast reviews, start tracking them daily. Even if you're like, but I didn't get any yesterday and the day before. Yeah. But if you started looking at it every day and you had to keep saying zero, 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 you might go, you know what? I should post on Instagram today and ask if people would leave me reviews or I should DM somebody that loves the podcast and I should see if they'd leave me a review today. The more you have to face reality, the more you'll work towards fixing maybe something that's broken. Yeah. I love this answer. Yeah. Thanks. And what are the common mistakes of repurposing content? And I know sometimes, you know, I don't want to look like I'm repeating too much yes. content on all the platforms. And I was like, I already posted that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What if somebody seen it? And then I posted the same on my blog. Like, how does it look? But I yeah. know it's okay. And not everyone sees it because it's different. I mean, there are different right. platforms. Yeah, I think that step one is understanding that you might feel like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this but most people haven't seen it. So I think the biggest thing is don't post it at the same day and same time. Don't go right now on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and fill in the blank and post the exact same post right this second. Post something today on Instagram that maybe tomorrow at a totally different time you put on Facebook. And then the next day it goes to Pinterest and so on, right? Um, Another thing to be thinking about too is don't post the exact same thing. So maybe... Uh, you know, on Instagram, that post looks very different with emojis. And um, maybe the maybe the video that you did is, you know, 60 seconds on Instagram, but there is a longer version on Facebook. And then on YouTube, you've added some graphics and captions and things that you would typically see over there. So ask yourself, what is expected from this platform and what is most enjoyed or liked on this platform and how can I tweak it to make it work for that specific platform? Yeah, that's a great advice. So true because Mm -hmm. then it doesn't look as repetitive. Yes. People probably forgot by that time already. Yes, definitely. (laughs) You post it. Yeah. What is your strategy to get more engagement on social media? Um, I'm a big, like I said, what you measure, you know, increases. So what we do, whether it's social media, whether it's the podcast, our email newsletter, it doesn't matter. We look at what happened last week. When we see a spike, when we see, you know, we have seven Instagram posts from last week. Well, which one did the best? Which one had the most likes? Which one had the most comments? Which podcast had the most downloads? Right now, I know my top three podcasts with the highest downloads. I know what post last week did the best. I know if it looked like a caption or if it was a picture of my face, right? So my point is, when you start to ask yourself like, oh, wow, they like this, do more of that, right? If you do a walkthrough of your closet and you're showing off the new things you bought at Target yesterday, and for some reason that did way better than what you typically do, do more of that. Bring that back every week, right? Make it like Target Tuesday, you know, Target Tuesday or something, and that's what you do. So a lot of times people think, oh, but I already did that. 
this isn't a one and done situation, right? If you did a quote last week that resonated, what's something similar to that quote that you could post that's still different, right? How can you take another spin on what it is that's working and your engagement will grow because they already told you they like it. I see. And you know, a funny thing that had happened to me that I posted an info from outside of my niche, like did the best usually. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, what do you do in that case? Oh, okay. So here's something to be careful with. If you get something that you do, that's really not who you are and what you sell, just because it's taking off, it doesn't mean you should go that route, that route, because do you want likes or do you want to monetize? Right? So if you can post something that has nothing to do with you, but it just got you a lot of likes and engagement, if it's not going to lead to monetizing somehow, it's really going to waste your time. So be really careful. Not that you can't have those every once in a while. Like maybe it's maybe the intention of that post it ju- is just for like a, a boost of engagement. But you want to make sure 80% of your posts, right? You're really being strategic about what you're talking about so that people want to like go to that next level with you and help you monetize. Do you believe in having like narrow niche or you could have, several niches like now I know so many people have like several things going on nobody really has very narrow niche and it used to be an influencer world when I was just starting like four Mm -hmm. or five years ago everybody was crazy about having a very narrow niche and now it's not as I mean not the same as it used to be I think when you get started you have to have a narrow niche to earn credibility Once you've earned credibility, you get to broaden who you're talking to. So you're totally right. If you look at somebody like Jenna Kutcher, she can talk about whatever she wants to talk about. But guess what? She can monetize about pretty much anything, right? Because her people love her so much that they could. she can say something and somebody's going to buy it. But we may not have earned the credibility to be able to do that quite yet. So be careful that you're not looking at somebody who's way further ahead of you when you're forgetting that maybe five years ago when they were just getting started, they still had to narrow their niche. So I do think narrowing it, they say like the riches are in the niches. Um, but once you start to really grow that niche and stand out, you can absolutely absolutely start to broaden who you're speaking to. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you. That makes sense Mm -hmm. actually. And I I think it, it shows you how you might even think like, oh no, people aren't niching down anymore, but it's because they've broken through that credibility wall and we know like, and trust them that yes, they can absolutely talk about lots of things, but that's not typically how somebody gets started. Yeah. I actually, I I started the same. Yeah. I was Mm -hmm. kind of in the fashion the most now and have lifestyle and travel and spirituality and different stuff. What is the best strategy to set your calendar? Um, I think kind of going back to, we talked about, about being intentional and having the most important things down first. If you just let anybody jump on your calendar and you just allow anybody to get on there versus having those boundaries, having how much time you're allowed. I, you're my only podcast interview of the day because I've set that boundary of only one a day. Like I have other things that I have to make sure I get done. If I looked at my calendar today and I had back-to-back podcast interviews, 
there would be a ton of things on my to-do list left at the end of the day that wouldn't serve me by not doing them. So really almost asking yourself, like, what is my allowance? What am I giving myself to create content? How much time are you giving yourself to post on Instagram? What does that look like? And again, by tracking, you'll know where the biggest bang for your buck is. What is actually helping you? And when it's not helping you, um, it's time to get rid of it. I think we can really get excited about vanity numbers and we're like, oh, but I got new followers. Yes, but how many of those followers bought from you this week? That's the most important thing we've got to be looking at here. Yeah, I think scheduling and doing everything, spending your time wisely Mm -hmm. means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you start new habit and keep it? So I think the first thing is to ask yourself, like, what is the new habit and why do you want it? Right. So my husband, this is a great example. My husband, he used to be a second shifter. So he's, I mean, for, I think over maybe 15 years, maybe even longer, he was somebody that would work till midnight, two in the morning, like very late. So he'd always sleep in. Now he's a little bit more on a regular schedule, but he still probably likes to sleep until about 7.15, 7.30. And he set his alarm. I was in my office and I heard his alarm go off at 6 a.m. And I was like, what in the world? Like, that is very odd for him to be. Usually our children is his alarm. And I, I, I hear him and I'm thinking, what's going on? So I go in there. I'm like, what's happening? And he's like, well, I thought I was going to wake up at six. And then I was like, I don't really have anything to do. (laughs) And my point is he didn't have a big enough why to wake up at six. So the new habit, it it didn't even last a day. He didn't even do it one time. He hit the snooze button and went back to bed until about 630. So my point here is what's the new habit and why do you want it? If you don't have a real answer to that, why it's probably not going to stick. Then when you know this is what I want and this is why I want it, what are you going to do to trigger yourself to make sure that that happens every single day or whatever it is you're doing? So a trigger might be, let's, uh, do you have, can I, can I ask you, do you have a new habit that you've been thinking about or that you would like to do for the new year? I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Work out more. Okay, perfect. This is a great example. Okay. So (laughs) how many days would you like to work out? Well, I have different goals, like <laughs> for health reasons. Okay. I could only do like, you know, twice a week. Yeah, but- that's perfect. So twice a week. And why do you want to work out? Is it, is it to be healthier? Like what's the reason? Yeah. To be healthier and it helps. Totally. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. For Total sure. Health is your mental health. Okay. So we we're clear on the what you want to work out twice a week. You're clear on the why. Okay. What is the trigger we need to do? And actually before the trigger, we want to schedule it. So what do you think would be two amazing days that would be the easiest for you to work out looking at your that's, schedule? That's the hardest part. <laughs> Figuring it out. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing. If you don't put it on your calendar, the chances of this actually happening are not good at all, right? So take a really honest look at your calendar and ask yourself, do I need to move some things around here? Do I need to just reserve those two things for the weekends because I'm just too busy during the week or vice versa? Make it be the easiest thing for you to do. And then I always tell people when you want a new habit, well, do you need anything? So so maybe you need, you're like, well, I don't have any workout clothes or I don't have a place to work out. My gym is closed, right? Um, Maybe you need to buy a a treadmill or you need to buy a digital workout plan, whatever it is, get the things that you need, get it on your calendar and then the trigger. So first, if it's scheduled on your calendar, it's, you've got the reserve time, but how do we remind yourself it's time to do this? And this is where I would say, 
Um, make sure to maybe set a phone alarm. So for instance, I work out every Tuesday and Thursday at um, 630 and I work out every Saturday morning whenever I wake up and it's, it's more relaxed because I don't have a crazy strict day. So um, as we're recording this, it is a Tuesday. My alarm went off. When I say my alarm, I don't mean my alarm to wake up for the morning. I mean my alarm that says work out, right? So I set alarms all throughout my day. So at 625 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's automatically in my phone to repeat the alarm says workout. So it gives me five minutes to basically, when I wake up on a Tuesday morning, I immediately change into my workout clothes. So I come into my office. I was here this morning around five. I, I'm in my home though. I haven't, I haven't left my house. So I'm here in the, in the morning around five o'clock. I meditated. I did some gratitude journaling. I did some work and all of a sudden 625, the alarm goes off and all I have to do is put on my workout shoes because I'm dressed and ready to go. I walk into my basement where I work out. I have a home gym down there and I make sure it gets done because I have the trigger set up. The clothes are laid out the night before. Like there's things that are in my face screaming. You said you were going to work out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Sometimes I do that too, but then I don't do it. And then I feel guilty about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the reason you don't do it is you don't want it bad enough. Maybe your health or maybe whatever it is, it's not at a point where it's that critical. Does that make sense? Like when people yeah, say, maybe. but I want to lose weight. Okay. But if you're, if you skip working out and you keep eating horrible, you would rather eat horrible than you would be healthy, right? Like you're prioritizing one over the other. So if you've done all those things and you still don't move forward, it, you just don't want it bad enough. And, and that might be okay. Or you need to find a bigger, stronger why to get you going. So when my husband wanted to wake up at six, the way that I, if I really, if he really wanted to keep staying up at six or waking up at six, I would immediately have him find something he actually was excited to do at six in the morning or would feel better doing at six in the morning. But without that, he's never going to wake up at that time. Yeah. And do you think waking up early, it's actually sets you for more productive day and actually sets you for more success? And what about yeah. people who are not morning people? Yeah. So I wasn't a morning person either. I naturally was not waking up at 5 a.m. Um, but I do now because, you know, when, when they say, what are you doing at nine or 10 o'clock at night? Typically you're watching TV, you might be on your phone, you might be on Instagram, you're snacking, right? Like what you do in the late evening versus what you do typically in the morning, the habits are way worse for you in the evening than they are for you in the morning, right? So think about it. If you stayed up last night till midnight, what did you do between nine and 12? Probably watch TV, <laughs> hung out on Instagram, and you might've eaten something way later on in the evening than you wanted to. Versus if you woke up at five o'clock tomorrow morning, you probably wouldn't like turn on your TV and hang out in bed for three hours, right? You probably wouldn't be, you know, drinking a Diet Coke and having popcorn. Like you just do different things in the morning than you do in the evening. So I think that's been one of my biggest things that I've incorporated is having a morning routine, especially if you're a mom. Like having that before the kids wake up is game changer. Oh my God, I love this strategy because I never thought about it that actually, you know, what do we do before we go to bed Yeah. versus what do we do? Like in the morning. Yeah. You mm -hmm. won't be watching TV. No, probably <laughs> not. Popcorn in the morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas at night yeah. I'm like, I want chocolate. I want like something sweet or salty or right. We just, we do different things in the evening because we're, we're like unwinding. You can still unwind, but do it a little bit earlier. Take a nice bath, like read a good book. Right. So I go to bed around nine and then I wake up at five. Wow. Well. 
I need to do better. Like <laughs> I'm not super morning person. I can wake up early and I, I love to have routine, but you know, in quarantine mm-hmm. when you, everyone is at home, it's not yeah. the same. So <laughs> habits a little bit changed, but yeah. now I'm getting into my routine again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What are the missing pieces to get results we want? So typically, I think most of us, we learn about something and then we do it, right? Or we try to do it. And most people stay in those two things. Like, I'm going to learn what I need to do for nutrition, for working out, and then I'm going to try to do it, right? But what they don't realize is there's really a third phase and a fourth fourth phase. The third phase is refine it. So you think you're going to work out twice a week and you maybe picked Tuesdays and Saturdays and you start to do it and you're like, I don't like boxing and I hate working out on a Saturday, right? So it's not just like learn and do, it's going, okay, I'm doing this, but I need to keep working at it until I find what it is that I like. Maybe you hate boxing, but all of a sudden you tried running and you love it. Or all of a sudden you tried Peloton and it was amazing. Whatever it is, you have to keep doing and trying things to refine what's actually going to work. Once you refine and you figure out what this looks like, maybe for you, you realize like 20 minute short workouts were all you needed. You love like biking or you love walking outside, whatever, right? Now it's how do I maintain? How do I, because here's the thing. I have been on like diets and I've lost weight. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, how did I gain 10 pounds? Or how did I, like what happened, right? Or um, all of a sudden you've been on this kick where you haven't been drinking soda and then you're like, you have one and then you have it. Now it's just back, right? The habit has like come back. So what you want to do is ask yourself, what is the plan in place to maintain this, right? What is the protocol that you're going to allow yourself? So maybe you'll have a protocol that when you're sick, you get to skip the workout. You're going to rest. You're going to lay in bed. You're going to sleep in a little bit longer and you feel really good about that. But the protocol is when you are better, you're getting back in that gym, right? So start to give yourself like boundaries and and start to ask yourself, like, what are the rules that I want to incorporate that I want to set for myself and then put that maintenance plan into place so that you're constantly checking back and asking yourself, am I doing that? One of my favorite tips is to put a reminder in my calendar, like 90 days from now or 30 days from now, asking myself about that, like check-in, like are you still working out three days a week? It's like, oh, shoot, I really haven't. <laughs> like, oh, I, I did want this and now I'm not. And, and it kind of just reminds you. So having that trigger will be really helpful. Yeah, maintaining this, it's a key because sometimes you get so excited and like start doing it and yeah. doing it and getting results and then you just get tired. And it's just Absolutely. Like, thank you so much, Stacey, for this, such a great information. Yeah, yeah thanks for having We're- me. Yeah, thank you. Where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, your Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my um, podcast is called foot traffic. Um, so it's definitely for people who are looking to monetize, make money, whether they're building a brand, building a business. So you can find me at foot traffic and then anywhere on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you're going to find me at Stacy Tushel. Um, and then I have a, a Facebook group too, that kind of goes with the podcast called the foot traffic community. So those are the best places to find us. I see. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And just to let you know, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And you can always DM me on Instagram. It's not basicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.